0: on. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is Candia Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder, and you are at the Sensual Sessions podcast, the place to sense pleasure through your senses and explore moving completely free from inhibition. And today we have a very special guest. This is Claire Maxwell. She's a sexy mover, embodied, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant lady, expert in Alexander Technique, and many more wonders. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about you, Claire.
1: Oh, well, um, you know, it's funny because Alexander Technique is probably, at least in its public face, Right one of the least sexy forms of embodiment out there. Oh my God. Like, I don't think anyone has ever. So if um, just the fact that I'm here with you means that I'm doing my job because uh, one of my projects is to somaticize the Alexander technique because I do think It saved my life as a dancer. I was a professional dancer. So that's like the first half of my life. And, um, you know, uh, I could tell the story, but basically I'm really on a a warpath right now about what is embodiment. And I'm not saying I have the, the answer to that question, but I know that the first time I had an inkling that there was something different uh in moving i already had so much movement skill when i first encountered the alexander technique so i thought i was in touch with my body and i thought i was in control of my body we were just talking about that when it started i was in control of my body that was the problem i was so in control of my body
0: uh that was the problem that was the problem that was the problem (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh my god for people that can't see the image we're both like holding our head like you know like the edward monk uh (laughs) picture the scream you know like ah uh i had so much skill in my body you know yes uh and i had begun uh acquiring that skill from a very innocent place as a young uh, person you know Um, I I had a a very unusual and profoundly fantastic dance teacher when I was very young, like nine. Uh, And she showed me that dance was feeling your own body, enjoying that, and then strengthening your ability to move more and enjoy more right yeah and then expressing that in in space and arranging those experiences in time and space and then having other people that you are dancing with right but then when i started training professionally all of a sudden it got to be all about what the teacher wanted me to look like and what i should look like in the mirror And while this is a dance experience, I know your podcast has a lot of women who are are listening. Yes, Yes. women and men. But yeah, I think all of us in the culture when we grow up, well, tell me how it was for you that, you know, there's a time when you're a child where you don't really think about what it's looking like to other people.
0: Yes, yes. You're not performing. so
1: you're not performing, but you are very observant. And that's important because we are social animals, right? And we start to take the culture in and we start to embody the culture, even if it's not being spoken to us directly. We start to embody it. And there gets to be a lot of armor, like we shape our bodies to what we think we should look like and what we think we should feel like, even sexiness.
0: Even sexiness. It becomes yeah, like sexy. what
1: sexy should look like for girls, what sexy should look like for boys. But then what happens if that's not what feels good to us? Then we, uh, it's not a good experience. And so this is what dance training became like for me. And I became imprisoned in
0: style. Oh my God, imprisoned in style. In style. So
1: style would be sort of like how gender is presented in our, in our cultures, mm. right? And even, you know, non-binary people. Uh, I, I just saw a video the other day. was brilliant of a non-binary person, I believe in India, saying, listen, uh, you know, yes, they're, they're, traditionally in, in Indian culture, there was a place for non-binary people in the past, and that was part of our tradition. And yes, we are forward thinking, you know, um, non-binary people. Yes, we are, we are forward thinking and there is a a trans person or a a non-binary person of the future, but I'm here right now. And I want to feel myself right now, you know, in my body right now. To me, that's what embodiment is. That was a long answer to your question. But anyway, uh, so, so, yeah. So when I first encountered um, Alexander Technique, it was kind of like the person just gently pointed, the teacher just gently pointed out to me, you know, you're armoring yourself right now. Oh. And so this is to me the core of um, one of my core principles is that embodiment starts with an acceptance of oneself and what one is doing or being or feeling. And so there's kind of like a curiosity and it it requires letting go of judgment. So it was so different in that moment from the teacher saying, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead, she was saying, do you know that every time you raise your arm, you're lifting your ribs up? She was like, you're lifting your ribs up and that's tightening your back. And I know you're interested in pelvic floor. So, you know, if I lift my, my ribs up and I put my arm back, I'm stiffening my lower back and my pelvic floor is being dumped forward. And everything is like, I'm so disconnected from my legs. Yes. Right. So I'm disconnecting from my connection to the earth when I do that. Yes. And so she was like, and I mean, I, I'm still um, enjoying that revelation, the non-judgmental revelation. Wow, look what a disconnection that was. And and that was from a dance style that was supposed to be about connecting to the earth. Right? Le Mans technique was Le about one. connecting to yeah. the earth. But uh, for some reason, the way I had been taught was actually in, in conflict with the with the expressed intention of the work isn't that
0: sad it's it's so sad because that's that's like a sample of the impri- the essential the imprisonment imprisonment that we're living in our western culture if not globally like like i i relate with you because I have seen myself dancing without dancing. I've seen myself performing a series of movements mm, as expected and being applauded for something that I wanted to do, did my best to comply with, but finally didn't meant because I mean, I, I have danced in such a deteriorated state of, of injury and pretend nothing's mm-hmm. And that was like a important wake up call, but I, I didn't really pay the attention. And even I became yoga certified, became a Pilates master teacher trainer. Did the Bones for Life apply yeah. to price, And it wasn't until I went out from my office one day after in, in one of my regular 80-hour work week. And I was so exhausted and <laughs> out that I stumbled and felt from the stairs. And I I felt my my low back making a crack, like a big sound. And it was my source muscle detaching from a lumbar vertebra. I have, for the ones in me, oh. you can see like this is the the pink th- string in, in the skeleton is the sauce. So yes. literally, yes. fact like like a branch that you break, and I couldn't move. Like I couldn't stand up. I couldn't walk. I I gave a full training sitting on a chair, just di- dictating the movements. And it was like devastating in every way because I was used to use my willpower and my strength and my determination and also my compliance to move forward in life. So I said, no, I'm going to get up. And no, I I as soon as I got to get up, the pain would sit, sit me back down. And I just could not yes. coordinate because the muscle wasn't still is hanging as a loose piece of, of steak. And it was um, like a limit experience, uh, an edge experience that led me to, to find solace in those strange body crookedness that we make when we have a Terrible stomachache or a menstrual cramp, or you have like a contracture in in the shoulder and you cannot move. And you finally find a setup where it doesn't hurt and it's like, ah, I'm this, (sighs) don't touch me because I'm gonna scream. And from there, I discovered, like, okay, if I pay attention, I can Mm. rest here. And then I began exploring where, like, how could I move without pain? And that's when I really see the value of pleasure. Because as long as the movement felt not only not painful or okay, but I I needed to find a way to move that felt good, that I could enjoy and follow that path and that's the path that brought me here to be able to see it stand move walk etc so so this this leads me to what you say that controlling the body is a problem like i i i became the master of my universe by passing the fact that eighty percent if not more of our existence is unconscious like we don't consciously keep the rhythm of of our kidneys filtering or our heartbeat it's we are so complex already and when we want to pretend to control the body in this, like, Western rational um, nature, devastating way, we end up mm, detaching ourselves from from the the source of bodily wisdom that keep us alive, of of life itself. So yeah, it, it's it's terrible mm-hmm. that 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 we see like. Not not only that we fall into disembodiment and burnout, but actually that you and me we have been educated in a formal school of dancing to dance without dancing. Like (laughs) yes, because I mean,
1: well, what are we dancing with? That is the question. Yes, and so this is what um another core principle of what i'm of what i'm doing and i have i have two forms of work that i'm that i'm continually in dialogue with um in my own body and then with my co-conspirators right um one is called mobile body alignment work right and then the other is cranial nerve sequencing So these are two ways um, I have devised to use my body to disrupt actually the formal practice of Alexander technique, to disrupt it, to disrupt the, um, the way that Western culture has crept in to Because like many forms of embodiment, there's this core experience, right? Like what you had. Many, many people who have created different forms of embodiment are people like us who ran up against, you know, it was kind of a life or death matter, you know. Somehow it got pointed out to us. And I just, I imagine you there coming into contact with um That 95% of you, that's like uh, what we call in our Western language, unconscious or subconscious functioning, like an animal that's injured. The animal just curls up. They have to stay very still. And they, they probably go through a really similar process. And it's amazing if you've ever had an animal that went through that. You know, they don't want to be bothered. They go alone. They curl up. They stay until they can find a movement and until they can get up and get the water and food again, you know? Yes. Um, So many people have had those experiences and then they come at it from a certain point of view, Feldenkrais, Alexander. These were all individual people. They have an insight and they discover a truth in the body, Mm -hmm. right? And then they try to teach it to other people, which means you have to formalize it. Yes. And then there gets to be a form. And then because we're creatures of habit, those of us who study, you know, it's hard sometimes you learn the form, but then you have to find the animal inside the form, you know, yes. so you kind of go back and forth. <laughs> yes. You kind of go back and forth. And so I think we all have to do that. And there are these, all these brilliant forms, but I still feel like there's a little bit of a need for the trickster um, <laughs> because this pre-verbal embodiment, this wild animalness, ness this, um, it's foundational to embodiment, right? It's foundational and it comes, it's this dialogue that we have with our felt experience and um, our, what we call, for lack of a better word, our body, that everybody has and it's particular and unique. I don't think I've ever met two people for who it's exactly the same.
0: Yes.
1: So as teachers, like I work with private clients, but I also mentor a lot of teachers and everybody has these brilliant forms, but I feel like um, I'm trying to offer these little trickster methods to get into the form and mess it up. Like so that we never have the same experience twice. Even if we use a form to work, Like, I think Feldenkrais created thousands of exercises. Alexander is almost the opposite. Alexander has, like, five or six formal procedures that he called them procedures, right, that are, you know, if you do them in the way they were intended to do, you never have the same experience.
0: You never have the same experience. No, because
1: you're so open and curious as you're moving. You know, like getting in and out of a chair. You're just like, wow, how is that happening? What happens there? How do I do that? Hmm. Yeah, you can just stand up and sit down a couple times and go, what the hell's going on? What's moving? What feels good, you know? So this is one of my first in mobile body alignment, one of the first, you could say it's an exercise or practice, it's just getting curious about ease,
0: ah, he's getting curious.
1: or pleasure. That's the line, mm-hmm. and I just love what you say in your your your. Um, what is your motto? Uh, find your flame. Find your flame. Share your flame. Right. Yes. Yes. yes.
0: I I am very happy because so- something has just happened. I have just. Stood up from the chair like four five times in a row. Like, <laughs> I, I did to with you, and, and then I realized what was going on. And I wanted to, like, uh, I'm diving this wave all the way because I had a, I had a
1: <sighs> <sighs>
0: because nine months ago. Um, there was an incident and I ended up with a fractured knee. I have a torn meniscus, meniscus not operated. I was with a cane and with a groin to ankle cast completely. I'm I Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was real bad. And I I don't have pain in the knee, but I have still discomfort. It's not the same as before. And also I, I hated to admit that I became frightened and I always like this oh. had discomfort with my knee and, and now I get up like a 95 year old lady from the chair. <laughs> and when I saw you, like I felt it and it was like a split second of going with this wave and how fantastic and amazing and complex is this embodiment, like this organization of the self that, like right now I could move without, with zero pain and 100% pleasure, just standing up.
1: Yes, it's complex, but it's also so simple. Yes. Because we have this incredible system. Here we are, where this alive, completely unique you know i know you can't qualify the word unique right it just is you can't be more unique or whatever you just are right so you have this consciousness and you can choose to aim it in different directions and the body is the instrument through which you do that because that's no body no consciousness right like so so if You get curious about ease. Just get curious about ease. You're going to get more of it because that's where you're aiming. Yes. And so even if you're in so much pain that you cannot move, you can still do this. This is a profound, simple practice. This is for people out there who have pain now. Right now in this moment, how many people, you know, are, very um, wisely restricting their movement patterns because they have pain, especially in pelvic floor, right?
0: Especially in pelvic floor.
1: So you don't have to shut out the pain. It's important to include, but our awareness, our awareness is bigger, our consciousness or our awareness for lack of a better word is bigger than all the things. Yes. Yes. It's bigger than all the things.
0: Yeah. And how so, we organize ourselves. It's, it's.
1: Yeah, it's how we organize ourselves. And it's only 5% of us that's conscious. But the way we can be best friends with our animal self, or at least what I've discovered anyway, is to begin to get curious about pleasure, which I love how much emphasis you're putting on that and you know sexual energy is included in that um, all kinds of energy are included in that and sometimes I think we deprive ourselves of the subtlety of yeah. sensuality. you use the word sensuality
0: yes
1: we deprive ourselves because we think it's supposed to be such a big deal
0: yes as everything else merit-based and uh, achieved to be deserving and or oh you have to reach the penultimate whatever and
1: that's that's the disembodiment coming in again that you should be a certain way
0: yes that's then then
1: you start going i'm not that way and then you start to get separated from yourself and my sensuality should be this that or the other that's not embodiment you and i know No, I mean you're doing such beautiful work. So, so, and what I'm hearing in your in what you're this beautiful experience you just had is that you can trust. You can trust your conscious, uh, your awareness, and that if you aim to ease, you can trust pleasure. You can trust sensuality. Yes, right. That it it is a very trustworthy um, aspect of your being that you can trust. Yes. yes. Where it takes you is good. Yes. But Definitely. you're not in control all the time.
0: I Yes, you're not in... It's, it's like you cannot command your heart. And I feel that in a way, sensuality and pleasure are pure expressions of the heart. And that's that gives me like relief from a certain... undeserved beingness and a certain guilt that I sometimes have in regards to pleasure and that I have to try to reframe and control and whatever so I don't transmit that to the sensualists but it's part of our culture and education like you have to do something to earn something while this pleasure and this this naturalness in ease is not something to strive for. It's not something to earn, but it's actually the, la- the gift of life itself that we've been given and that we are bearing, and in a way, like pleasure and ease and sensuality, maybe like the ways of life the the ways we are like sustained and like you say a key is not trying to control because that leads to the to the imprisonment of of the rational that is it, it works but it's very limited and i remember a a phrase from moshe Feldenkrais in his Book about sex. Well, it's body and mature behavior, but I am doing some marketing here, so (laughs) (laughs) you're adult audiences only. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And in the chapter when he talks about sexuality, he he said it's important not to abuse conscious control like we have so these, important. these ways of our mot- sensory motor organization in the body. Yes. And he said like precisely for health, for being a high performance athlete, for, for being a martial artist warrior at the army, it's yes. important not to abuse conscious control. And that's like, like devastating for vanity in a way for, for, for the, for the pride in control, the, the false. That one can get doing and performing instead of the pride in being. And yeah, because when you're at the edge of the now and the present dancing, fighting, lovemaking, like everything happens moment by moment and like you you're either aware as the experiencing of what's going on or you're either interpreting what's going on in your rational language and then you become slow and and that's when you lose so yeah Let's relinquish. Yeah,
1: I mean I, I have memories actually of in my when I was um maybe a little earlier in my training before uh you know that initial innocent Alexander experience that I had and then when I got my training I saw kind of
0: I could say students whom so you were in, in your oh. Alexander training? And then what happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I saw that because it's a
1: form, any training becomes there's a form, that the same trap was there that was in my dance training. Um, but it was sort of like a second layer of you. I had more faith this time that I could free myself. And then I didn't have to worry, you know. But it's taken me a long time to... Oh, let me put my original sound on again. Um, Now, I can't remember the train of thought about the story. What were you talking about? You were talking about, oh, yeah, how uh, I would be, you know, making love with my partner. And I would be like, is my neck free? (laughs) Or I would be touching... My partner and I would be assessing what was going on. You know? <laughs> Done that, and she could with my hands because I had all this training, right? And I was like, "Oh no, I've got to let go of this training. I have to undo this training. This is not what what this is not what they meant by this." <laughs> you know, the judging mind, the assessing mind, the observational mind. This I'm still very curious about this. It's a problem in my Zen practice too, meditation practice. Because they talk about all this observation, and I'm like, "Oh no, I've been down that trap before." <laughs> observe your thinking. I don't know if I want to observe my thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like no, it's- so tricky. We have to stay in touch with the trickster, you know. So I remember I listened to one of your recent podcasts with somebody that was talking about intimacy. And actually, just being present to the touch, yes, to through touch to what's going on in another person, and that's such a, a simple and some people would say naive thing, you know, to do, but um, it as grown ups, we have so much skill acquisition over this profoundly original embodiment capacity we have. It's almost like there's so much to clear away. And in the Alexandra work, there is this kind of, a lot of the the mobile body alignment points, for instance, are really just a frame. Like, for instance, right now, if you notice, just where, you know, your your heel bone, like the, the, the talus at the back of the foot, it's kind of got this little... Uh, sort of sail-like shape, and it has a top, right, that all the tendons are attached to. So if you can just kind of imagine a little point up there at the top of that bone, you know where it is in space. It doesn't really give you a feeling. You know. Yeah, that guy, right up at the top. Yeah, And it's like a round, it's almost like it could fit into your hip socket or something, you know? Yeah, so if you just get curious about that, oh, where is that? Uh, And you get curious about it. And there's nothing else to do but just get curious. Mm -hmm. And maybe see, is there any pleasure in it? You know, any pleasure or ease or...
0: There is. What does actually there is yeah yeah yes
1: yes so this is this is a listening awareness right it's not a bossing awareness it's a listening awareness
0: a listening awareness not a bossing awareness Uh, yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah and then maybe you could um you know so if you wanted to if you were with a partner you know and you wanted to to include your own body in the picture you could just do something like that. Yes. Or you could put your hand on them and just wonder what's going on underneath your hand and kind of get out of the way. But, Oh, it took me a long time. The more education we get, the worse it gets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're assessing, assessing, judging, judging, judging. Yeah. So, but you can just be aware of that, you know, and you were talking also about like, like judgments of the body. I was reading this article recently about um, uh, how women who are in menopause don't get the appropriate treatment because there's some very complex science, which I didn't all read at all about estrogen and progesterone yes. and how they can help with the symptoms. But in the article, it said the reason that women get fatter around the middle right, is because there's more estrogen in that fat, and the body wants to keep the estrogen it has. So it puts the fat in the middle so you can have as much estrogen as possible. Wow. So meanwhile, I'm like way post-menopausal, and I'm like getting this belly, and I'm like freaking out about it because I always had a flat belly, you know? And I'm freaking out, and I'm like, but I am, I have enough embodiment practice to go, Wow, I'm really freaking out about that. That's wild. That's wild, yeah, that's so wild. I'm really freaking out about that. And then I was like, and look at the animal body. It's so much like it knows so much more than me. It's like we need your estrogen, we're gonna put it there, we're gonna keep a nice little pouch of it for you. you know, sometimes I call it my little pouch now
0: yeah, little pouch estrogen pouch but little mm, estrogen pouch that's the thing like I, being being aware of the awareness and don't interfere with with the experience because i agree that there it's there's nothing worse than than physical judgment and worse it's sexual criticism like criticizing someone else or or getting like like constructive feedback from a lover it's like <laughs> That's the end of it all. And most of what my competition is doing is trying to tell people how to fuck. And I mean, that's like biologically incorrect because no one can teach you how to make love or have sex. That's already in your genes. Otherwise, like your great, 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 grand, 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 grandparents that didn't know anything about life or anything and we're just (laughs) like it's it's like eating no
1: but yeah and then if you don't have your if you don't make your contribution to how you right, like the sexual experiences that you have with whom or what or whatever then you're not doing your epigenetic job yes what are you going to pass on You have to make your contribution. Yeah. Your unique contribution. This is like my thing. It's like everybody has a unique contribution. And you don't have to intellectually know what it is. It's just there's an embodiment of it. And we need to give each other permission for that. Yes. And what an honor it would be to be naked with somebody and given permission. Yes. To like, oh, what contribution are you going to make today, you know?
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> to, <genetically> to <laughs> culture and the future of humanity yes yeah, my flesh yes sister yes <laughs> definitely definitely and at the same time Pinabouch about said that the only way to get rid of technique is acquiring it like you cannot get rid it's of this of, weird of it's so, messed that up. You so, so you you want to the frame and you want that ballet technique and you want the the same same meditation just to recognize the cage, so your animal doesn't go and get imprisoned
1: yes yes that's right that's right the form is there to rub up against yes literally That's the pig God. It's like, yeah,
0: but, yeah. You know,
1: always scratching and, you know, <laughs> rubbing up against the structure,
0: you know. Yeah, rubbing against the structure. That is yes. the means fighting it, uh, trying to, it's, it's like, yeah, you, you get rid of it by not even trying to get rid of it. It's, it's like, it's good we have conscious control of our very small 5% conscious of our biological (laughs) operation.
1: Well, millions of years of evolution made a decision that we would have that little 5%. Yeah,
0: and and only 5%.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) all you get. Yeah, so we don't get in our (laughs) own (laughs) way. We just have to remember to have fun with it, right?
0: Yes, we need to remember to have fun with it and like, yeah, ease and pleasure and, and curiosity, not, not, not a bossy existence, but a, an unfolding existence through, through curiosity and the delight and the awe of, of the discovery.
1: this is our life and you have really given me such a gift today you uh, know we began our conversation just I think I something about the gift of life you know to remember that um, I am receiving that, that that I'm given so much you know if I can get out of the boss chair yes, and look at everything even the difficult experiences that we've had right and um, we've also been given these profound embodiment tools that help us tap into this infinite resource. You know, inside this body is infinite resource and a very light and easy touch to access that because it does not respond to the boss. It
0: does, it does not, not respond to, to the boss. does not respond to the boss. Mm-mm.
1: It responds to the loving kindness-like Cat to grow you don't right yes but we are like that and so if we can bring some kind of trickster awareness to the boss because yeah. we all have it right everybody has
0: bring, it. bring so
1: i have you know i come from dance background these are my ways to bring trickster awareness to the boss and um Get the yeah. boss to go to the dance party
0: or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, that that's what the boss needs to do. Like ease a little bit, relax and enjoy. So I I am very curious because you work with with your own approach that is mobile bo- mobile body alignment, and you made also like uh, a very unique um, approach to to this um, bi- polybagel nerve theory and you have the yes. and you were doing also some amazing stuff about boundaries that were like ah uh, so so boundaries that felt not like something that keeps you imprisoned, but something that is liberating. So I am curious on how how do you manage like to set boundaries without being a boss like, how, how does the, the trickster play into it? So w- would you share with us a little exercise or a tool or something so, so we can set our embodied boundaries, take care of ourselves we, and learn more?
1: Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Well, I think um, part of my purpose after about five years of mentoring a lot of um, embodiment professionals, Alexander teachers, um, people who have maybe teach Pilates but have a more deeper embodiment component to it uh, or people who work in other healing professions. People who do that are by nature kind of sensitive and open, very open to what is going on around them. And one of the strengths of Alexander Technique training is that in the uh, a full three-year program, or really any training depending on how it is done, the beginning of the training, and for me it was a whole year, we are focused on sensing our own selves, period. That's it. So I don't really put hands on other living beings. I am learning how to include myself. But of course, it's that um, very fine-tuned 5% consciousness getting along with the flow and the ease in the body, returning to that over and over no matter what the stimulus is coming at you from the student, from the possible student, even from the teacher. So we practice letting a teacher put their hands on us and not having to do anything to correct ourselves in our bodies when the teacher touches us. Wow. This is something that I think is missing from a lot of other embodiment trainings. There isn't this understanding of the profound sensitivity to stimuli that we have in Alexander. So these practices that I did with you um, earlier, I'm just going to repeat them because they're, they're my way of giving anyone. You don't have to go through a whole year of training, right? To have a simple way that you can return to yourself when you're, when you are, in the presence of other people. So I just saw you kind of move back away from the screen a little bit. I don't know what. Go back to that ease. And it's just like if you dropped a pebble into the pond, that would be your question. Ah, where's a little bit of ease in my body right now? Anywhere I find it, no bossiness, just really open. And if you don't find it, no problem. The moment has moved on. And you can return to seeing me, right? Seeing the screen. Maybe the ease is still with you. Maybe it's not, right? Then we do it again. So we'll do it four times. Again, it's like a a little pebble dropping down into a pond. There's a little bit of ease right now, you know. Oh, it's in my toes. And if you find some, um, just if you can give it a word, if it has a word, share with us. Soft. Soft and then because ease is constantly in transition and it's gone you don't have to hold on you're not bossing yourself into ease right you just let it go you let it go it's moved on and then one more pebble you just drop that inquiry boom down into the pond oh i feel it um, under my hair and my scalp a little bit of ease you know and then it's gone, it moves on, it's done, okay? So this is an awareness prelude. Yes,
0: awareness prelude.
1: I do preludes, because when you ask people to focus on their body, the attention itself is often restrictive. Yes. When people bring their attention, it gets restrictive. And so as you come back now to the screen, what is your experience like in yourself? is there any shift or
0: yes the one word is algae <laughs> like algae algae like those algaes from the sargasso sea that are like oh yeah very long and they are like just <laughs> moving moving by let themselves be moved and wow like the this pebble image or I don't know, shamanic move (laughs) was like, ah, like relieving and allowing because I felt that that pebble was, um, was the right I have to just be in myself that shouldn't be necessary to remind myself, but yeah, like it It, it felt like falling within and then expanding like the, the sense of myself beneath my skin everywhere. And I was sensing maybe for the first time in my life, the skin here on between my breasts of the sternum like oh i i have like wow i have an area here in the body like i have just discovered a secret gallery field of art in my house (laughs) like wow i have lived here all my life and i didn't knew that i had this so yeah really loving it and and also it's, it's a, like a tender strength this disposition to sense the ease without grasping on it and just like letting it be and letting it mm-hmm. done at the same time, like flow or change. So mm-hmm. there's, there's no even confrontation. So my overall feeling is of strength, but not not as I tend to imagine strength in a crossfit weight, weight, lifting lots of weights, but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I, I get a sense of a tree-like strength. Like trees are just there standing, but I mean, they are there standing the we the snow, the winter, then the sun, then the squirrels and the caterpillars eating their leaves and other trees growing. Like, wow. And and they are like yes, so proud and dignified and splendorous and vibrant. And yes,
1: amazing. that's right. That's a word. Yeah, splendor. So this word splendor that's in your, um, so in so many of your um, offerings, and your greeting, your goodbye, you say in all splendor. This sense of, uh, that you have in your body right now, to me, is a state of um, uh, living boundariness that, that you know, it is, is easily accessible, but it takes that movement of one's awareness to return to yourself in this way. And, and the simplicity of that dropping the pebble into the pond image, because it's very precise. It's a moment in time. Time flows on. We're not holding on. We're we're listening to the response. It's a, a feedback loop. And we're consciously including ourselves in our feedback loop. But we're still together. Yes. So if you are... Um, a therapist or an embodiment practitioner um, to have the ability to be in this state when you are with someone else. Yes. So that you can have a sense of self and not get lost. It's not like the Sargasso Sea. It's not like the water comes and washes the seaweed away from its root. Seaweeds, you know, like they have roots. Yes. Yes. Um, also like kelp I think of kelp because I'm from California you know the kelp has a very heavy bulb wow. that roots it I actually don't know if the bulb is on the ground or top and then the seaweed part the body goes down from the roots you know so the the water comes and the seaweed moves but it, it has some weight it has some gravitas
0: yeah gravitas and that's
1: Yes, and that is what I believe is the core gift, actually, of the Alexander work. That's what it was for me, is it gave me a sense of myself that was not, I didn't have to close the door to everyone else, you know. Yes. But I could let the water go by. Yes. Let the water go by, and I had never been able to do that before. I was always jumping too, and I think we deserve that, um, And I think people find it in different ways. But this, the Alexander way was the way for me. And so that's, I designed that course and it's becoming a core part of my offerings. But right now the course is closed and um, I'll be opening again, but I think it will more be like an ongoing inquiry because it's not something you do in four weeks.
0: Yes, it's a process.
1: It's a pro- longer process that um, takes a little more time. So, if there's anybody out there that is interested in that, you know, if you know you have these experiences where you're working with your clients and your heart feels ripped out of your chest at the end of the day, or you feel a little bit too swayed, and if you're having trouble returning to yourself, um, you know, just sign up for the newsletter on my website, which I'm sure Kandya will have, and. Yes. Um, you know these practices. Um, I I just am constantly thinking. Well, I have all these brilliant practices, but what are they good for? Who, who needs them?
0: Who needs them the most? And end yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, so yes. can you tell us again the URL of your website so we can all jump? Yes,
1: it's Embodied Learning, learning Systems.
0: Embodied.com so, sensualists, now you know. Go get subscribed into Claire's newsletter and know more about this because I have now live and direct in front of your eyes and ears learned how to set boundaries for the first time in my life. And I mean real boundaries because I am the one to close the door, to burn the bridges, to Paint the finger to people to not speak again to block the contact to throw I don't know the the table and the chair <laughs> but I mean <laughs> well if you have to do that by all means don't do it yeah do, do it what you have to do do what you have to do but but actually what I realize now. Is that those were like consequences, like radical consequences I I act on because I needed, because my heart was already turned, turned out of my chest. Like now I am realize realizing that uh, I let be carried away from my own sense of self and my center of power, which on a positive side, on the way of trying to take back my center of power, I made this brand center of power and sensuality. But this is the thing of living in a in such a polarized moment in history, with so many difficulties and daily challenges and personal challenges. And your personal histories and your hope and dreams and the people that you relate like like it's hard not to be pull apart in in all the dire- right directions and more if you are a sensitive generous person that works every day to change the world by helping one person at a time like it's hard yes. to let empathy drag your your well-being away because you sense the pain of other people and you help them and you're a spongy or a sponge. You're, you you're...
1: put it so beautifully, so well, yes. Yeah. And we need to cultivate, we, we don't want to lose our sensitivity, um, but our sensitivity needs care, container, grounding, you know, Um, and it's all well and good for people to say return to yourself or soothe yourself Um, but you know when it comes to speaking out for instance against what we see that is wrong in the world or unjust if we do it from a place of knowing that we are in that exact moment receiving all the ease, all the pleasure, that we are actually receiving it. We are opening to it. And we are staying with that, that we are not alone. You Mm -hmm. know, we have the earth. um, We have all of our, and we are staying with ourselves. And we're not trying to boss anybody. We're just speaking from where we are what yes. we feel, what we see. Yes. And staying open. It's so hard. It is not easy to do. And so if we don't practice doing it in each other's company, especially as healers. So this is what we, what we practice in my group. Also the experimenters union, we practice this work together because, and we practice having the stimulus of the student and the teacher and being the student and the teacher, um, when it's fun when it's safe so that we observe what comes up in us that's from our past and our history then we have a better chance when the de- the stakes are higher when a client is really suffering you know and just to be present to their suffering and not try to fix and not try to change and just be aware profound healing can happen in that moment but we need something very clear and something very simple to practice and that we know what we're practicing. Yes. It it can't be vague. Can it be has vague. to be very, very precise actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And very real, like like this pebble. Like in a way, this pebble falling is the presence, is the awareness, is is being in your Practice. Center. practice. practice. Yeah. Yes.
1: And so be kind to yourself if you're feeling Resonating with any of these um, things that we're talking about, if you're having struggles, please be kind to yourself.
0: That's uh, this is not easy stuff. This is not easy stuff. Yeah, takes time, takes practice, so takes awareness, listening. The great thing is that you know, and it's great that you're doing this, Claire. Like unknowingly. I really needed it, like the tool that you gave us. Is, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: unknowingly, I really needed your frame for your work too, mm. to remember those ex- sexual experiences of being having the boss mind come in. That was profound for me today, so helpful for me today. And this is the kind of exchange we can be open to when, when we're boundaried, we're clear what our work is, my work is mine, your work is yours. But when we
0: come together this way, we make oh, it's it so special. powerful. Yeah, we share the flame. And the We share the flame. We share the flame yes. and the fire. Thank you, Candia. Thank you so much, Claire. Really honored, really thankful for having you here at the Central Sessions podcast. Ciao Bella. Ciao, Bella, and Sensualist also for being here with Claire and me. And if you haven't subscribed already to this podcast, please go to www.centrodepoder.com and get yourself signed up to get this delivered weekly on your email. And until then, remember to take the time to sense your fire so you can share the flame.